with you. And also with you. Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. God's mercy and We welcome you to this service of ordered worship, the liturgy, music, and homily. This day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. On this first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, station, or background to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion in the home by calling the chapel office. On this Sunday, we commend to you the ministry of the chapel, its programmatic offerings, and its sermon offerings found on our website. On this Sunday, we invite those so moved to identify as members of the chapel chapter simply by speaking with our director of hospitality or one of the clergy or by so signing our red pad introduction book. On this Sunday, we encourage all to continue or to commence the practice of tithing of disciplined generosity, and to indicate interest in giving to our chapel director, Ray Bouchard, by email, phone, or voice. And on this first Sunday, we ask you to ask yourself what form your ministry here will take in the coming weeks. A community luncheon follows worship downstairs. All are warmly invited. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Almighty God, you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Grant that your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise, that among the swift and varied changes of the world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. May we show one another signs of his peace. seated. A lesson from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, 
and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading Psalm 130 with the Antiphon. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark inequities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 45. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, 
some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but he was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man had kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the womb, to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he had been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Throughout the year 2017 at Marsh Chapel, we are engaged in ministry with attention to conversation, our regular weekly gathering and preaching, a firm conversation. Our Summer National Preachers series will engage in conversation about new directions and discipleship. Our Lenten series concluding today has engaged in conversation with Henry Nouwen. Over the past decade, 2007 to 2016, Lent by Lent, we identified a theological conversation partner for the Lenten sermons, broadly speaking, out of the Calvinist tradition. For this next decade, we turn to the Catholic tradition, 
over the next decade, beginning this Lent 2017. The Marsh Pulpit, a traditionally Methodist one, will turn left, not right, toward Rome, not Geneva, and we will preach with and learn from the Roman Catholic tradition, so important in the last 200 years in New England, and some of its great divines, including Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, Ignatius of Loyola, Erasmus, Hans Kung, Karl Rahner, and others, one per year. Perhaps you will suggest a name or two, as a few have done this past week, not from Geneva, but from Rome. For those who recall, even if dimly, the vigor and excitement of Vatican II, there may well be other names to add to the list. So our sermons, largely in teaching format this Lent, have engaged Father Nowen. We, include to, we conclude today attentive to conversation and looking toward Holy Communion. Over these five weeks, we have relied on Nowen's books, Compassion, Reaching Out, The Life of the Beloved, The Wounded Healer, and today, Here and Now. Continue to read with us as you have time, energy, interest, and capacity. With the ancient Hebrew prophets like Ezekiel, and in harmony with the Gospel of John, the spiritual gospel, Nowen invites, nay, implores us to practice the presence of God. Here and now, hic et nunc, in worship, in prayer, in sacrament, in means of grace, in study, in fasting, in conversation, and perhaps in some forms of spiritual discipline new to and particular to our time. Ours is a particularly challenging time now and here. Ours is not a normal time. The events of this year are not within the norm, are not habituated to the contours of normal American history. From the current leadership of this country now comes steadily the beginning features of civil humiliation inaugurated on November 8th and January 20th. Ours is not a normal time, but a time of lasting, painful humiliation. More than a decade will be required to undo the damage done already. Ours has become a valley of dry bones. In the 6th century BCE, the prophet Ezekiel announced a vision, a communal resurrection for his people, as did the other prophets, he directly addressed the waywardness of Israel. But whereas Hosea, Jeremiah, and Isaiah contrasted the wickedness of contemporary Jerusalem with a better past, Ezekiel portrays the entire history of Jerusalem and of Israel as one of continuous rebellion and sin against Yahweh. Intones Ezekiel, offering a vision out of exile, there were very many upon the valley, and lo, they were very dry. What would Ezekiel say today? Now we are presented by our ostensible, putative national leadership with a denial of climate change and a coarse willingness to dismiss reasoned scientific consensus. Now we are presented daily with a steady drumbeat of hateful rhetoric and action regarding immigrants, refugees, Muslims, Mexicans, and others. Wait and watch the list grow. Now we are presented with the shameful need for further judicial review and perhaps a doubled rejection of misguided executive action. 
Now we are presented with a low-level disdain for the highest, most proven forms and institutions in journalism across the nation. Now we are presented with a willingness, only temporarily stymied by legislative mayhem, to steal away health insurance and thus health care from 24 millions of our own citizens. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Now we are presented with multiple varieties of gratuitous cruelty, including the insidious, callous, baseless slander of the former by the current president. Now we are presented with a national budget that increases military spending 10% and by the same percent decreases human funding. Now we are presented with apparent prevarications regarding remarkable until this year what have, would have been unbelievable machinations in support of collusion with Russian oligarchs. Now we are presented with falsehood morning and falsehood evening and a happy willingness to let the consequences of such falsehood abound. Now we are presented with a period in our own national history in which Shakespeare's 66th sonnet lives and groans sauntering like a wild beast across a humiliated land, strength by limping, sway dislodged, art made tongue-tied by authority, folly, doctor-like, controlling skill, simple truth miscalled simplicity, captive good attending captain ill. Things are worse, far worse, than we begin to imagine. The creaky quasi-resistance, let us give some credit where some is due, by courts, by journalists, by Congress, by civil society, including a very few churches, one in 20. That, in limited measure, we have seen thus far, comes from within the country. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost and we are clean cut off. But we are mistaken, naively, to consider that that with which we have been presented thus far as the great danger of our time. It is not. No, the great dangers are in foreign policy, where there are such few checks and balances, such few filters, such few even enfeebled civic capacities for resistance and rejection. The great danger is in choices made and then executed by executive action with regard to war and peace, military activity, diplomatic silence, and thus global harm. No. The motto of our leadership now is not America first, as horrid as that is in its own right and given its own etymology. The real motto, rightly pronounced, is America first and America last and America only. Remember this and well when the next terror tragedy occurs, and there will be one. A far better route is not only possible but proximate. We need only look north to Canada with few exceptions to compare and contrast our acute, abject, fulsome humiliation here with what a sane national policy in life can actually be like right next door.
I shall put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, says the Lord. To endure over a decade to come, we shall need, profoundly need, the daily practice of the presence of God here and now, as scripture and tradition steadily teach. Now in this Lent is our guide. We remembered last week the theological contours of Henry Nouwen's teaching, compassion, redemption, presence, hospitality, and the figure of the wounded healer. His compassionate voice and his capacity for community make him a reliable and restorative conversation partner in our time. So now, Nouwen may help to ground us in our life of faith, work of love, and commitment to Christ and him crucified. Toward the end of his life, Nouwen took up residence in a community dedicated to shared common care for disabled persons located in Toronto, a large community named Daybreak, including a patient named Adam. In a moment, one of our chapel leaders will say something about L'Arche, a movement developed by the blessed Canadian Christian leader Jean Vanier, who for many of us has stood out as an inspiration for ongoing life in Christ. In a way, it is not surprising to think of Nouwen leaving behind both academic gown and monk's cowl to take up a wash basin, a towel, a cloth, and to practice the presence of God, as did Brother Lawrence in the simplicity of service. Most of us today, one judges, given the condition our condition is in, could benefit from a straightforward reminder in Nouwen's terms of living in the present, here and now. My friend, a strong lay leader in our church, once said, wherever you are, be there. Wherever you are, be there. And here are now in seven guidelines for being there for such a manner of life, practice, discipline, and presence. One, remember that every day is a new beginning. Imagine that we could live each day as a day full of promises. Two, dispense with unnecessary oughts and ifs. The past and the future keep harassing us. The past with guilt, the future with worries. Three, celebrate birthdays. On birthdays, we celebrate the present. We lift someone up and let everyone say we love you. Four, live in the present. Prayer is the discipline of the moment. Such a word reminds us of God's love. Five, use repetition in prayer, repetition of a word, a phrase, a line, so that we can put that word in the center of our inner room, like a candle in a dark place. Six, pray for others and pray specifically for particular people in unique ways. To pray for one another is, first of all, to acknowledge in the presence of God that we belong to each other as children of the same God. And seven, stay close to the hub of life, that is, to the center from which all else emerges. He wrote, when I pray, I enter into the depth of my own heart and find there the heart of God who speaks to me of love. Now and goes on emphasizing the here and now to name some of the substance of prayer, joy, suffering, conversion, discipline, spirit, compassion, family, relationships, identity. 
In a way, his whole life work might well have been an addendum to the fourth gospel. For the Gospel of John allowed a meager three-week interjection into our lectionary this month by interruption of Matthew is centrally, even solely, an announcement of presence, divine presence, the presence of God. Really only this theological interpretative insight will make sense for you and me of John 11. Some in the Johannine community spoke in the voice of Jesus. Especially this is so in the I am sayings. If Jesus on earth did not say these things, who did? The answer, in worship, in the community, the voice of the Johannine prophet. The preacher in John 11 announces presence, saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. You are a person of faith. Practice that presence. You are a Christian. Practice that presence. You are a Methodist yearning for a faith amenable to culture and a culture amenable to faith. Yes, practice that presence. The ancient troubled community of the beloved disciple, that of John, has your back. Now and invites nay, implores us, implores you to practice the presence of God here and now, hick et nunc, in worship, in prayer, in sacrament, in means of grace, in study, in fasting, in conversation, and perhaps in some forms of spiritual discipline new to and particular to our own time, say in spiritual yoga. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you at our lectern this morning. Uh, what is your name? My name is Amy Albrecht. And where are you from? From a small town outside of Buffalo, New York. Is that near the beginning of the Roycroft movement, the uh, arts and crafts movement? It is, in fact, right in East Aurora, New York, which is also the hometown of Fisher Price Toys. You have a football team over there? Let's not mention that here in this presence. Where did you go to college? Cornell University, and right in the heart of the Finger Lakes in Ithaca. And then later, did you study theology? I did, in fact, right next door, so I became quite familiar with this chapel. We won't pause to ask your favorite course in that course of study today. Am I right, though, that you served in a large community in Syracuse some years ago? And if so, what was that like? I did, in fact. I've served in several large communities, and it is honestly what set me on my path in my life to come study theology and was an incredibly transformative experience of community and relationship and mutuality. Amy, thank you for being here, and thank you for living out and so reminding us of L'Arche, of Bonnier, and of Nouwen. One more question. Do you lead spiritual yoga as a prayerful discipline every Thursday at Marsh at 5 p.m.? <laughs> yes, I do, and, and all are welcome. Uh, can others join in still? Absolutely. And it's open to all? Yes. Even an aging white guy with a comb over? <laughs> there are always modifications available. 
Five o'clock on Thursday. Yes. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in the true person, Jesus, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. God calls us to be the body of Christ, the church, to celebrate Christ's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God.
Dear friends, please be seated. We welcome you once again here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We note several things upcoming here at Marsh Chapel. First, you'll find an insert in your bulletin, a green insert. Um, Marsh Chapel is happy to announce that we are partnering with the Danielson Institute for Pastoral Counseling here at, the Boston, here at Boston University to host a series of four conversations on anxieties of the political moment, some of which you heard about in the sermon just a few moments ago. Uh, and you can find out more about the particular contours of these conversations when and where uh, Thursdays in the Thurman Room here at Marsh Chapel. And we ask you to register because we're providing lunch, so if you could let us know that you're coming so we can order enough food. Uh, on the chapel website at bu.edu slash chapel. Also, our Marsh Organization for Volunteer Engagement is putting together care packages for students as we head toward the end of the semester. More information of that on the reverse of your green insert in your bulletin if you'd like to participate there. We are now in the season of Passion Tide, the two weeks before Easter, and uh, there's a lot going on during Holy Week and Easter here at Marsh Chapel, beginning next Sunday with our celebration of Palm Sunday. Uh, there are a number of opportunities to uh, volunteer your time and your talents and your resources for uh, our celebration of Easter. You may want to order an Easter lily. There's an insert for that in your bulletin on a white page. Or see Heidi Freimanis Courts in the narthex at the table to sign up for a variety of opportunities on Easter Sunday morning. We encourage you to keep an eye to the chapel website where uh, to sign up for our Lenten devotional series, for the conversations with the Danielson Institute, and for uh, all of our Holy Week services and activities, along with the opportunity for online giving at bu.edu chapel. We invite you to meditate on Robert Keir's setting of Out of the Depths, the De Profundis from Psalm 130, as the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
for us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. In love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, your love remained steadfast. You bid your faithful people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Easter feast, that renewed by your word and sacraments and fervent in prayer and works of justice and mercy, we may come to the fullness of grace that you have prepared for those who love you. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to redeem the world. He emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in our likeness. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He took upon himself our sin and death and offered himself a perfect sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Let, let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit abide with each one of us now and forever.